Welcome to Slash Server Live, the podcast that explores the unseen world of the people in the service industry. On today's episode, we meet Shyla. And though she may describe herself differently, more than a few have called her an absolute badass. This is a bit of her story. How would you describe yourself? Um, I would probably describe myself as just, um, sometimes I like to think I'm artistic, um, random, impulsive, loud, obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) So many things. (laughs) Mostly obnoxious. Why do you say obnoxious? I just have the sense of humor of like a a 12 year old boy that's like going through puberty I laugh at fart jokes, <laughs> penis jokes, <'Cause> <laughs> butt are, jokes. Because those are hilarious, though. I mean, for real. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Atlanta, or just like slightly outside of Atlanta, uh, in Kennestone Hospital, which is Marietta, Georgia. Did you grow up in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. For the most part, um, we moved around a lot um, when I was younger. Do you want to talk about your childhood at all? I can. It's an interesting one. Um, So what are you here for? I didn't live in my first house until I started school. I lived in a tent. I lived in um, a storage unit. I actually was living in a storage unit and during the blizzard of 1995. My family was homeless and we lived in a storage unit. Wow. Um, We lived in a car. Where else did we live? Yeah, we were, um, we lived in a lot of like hotels and motels basically between the time I was born and I would say five years old around. I remember moving into a house around when I started kindergarten. Um, and then that was basically the house that I grew up in until um, we moved again when I was in fourth or fifth grade. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> So, do you want to talk about living in the storage unit in the tent? Yeah, so, as I said, I was pretty young, so I remember clips of things. I don't remember a lot. Um, Some of the distinct things that I remember was um, we slept on, you know, the, um, the, I I forget what it's actually called, but it's that that foam, like, pink, multicolored, crappy insulation that goes under carpet in a lot of houses. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, yeah, foam board or foam... So I know what you're saying, but yes. It's just all multicolored and foamy and itchy and weird. And um, that's what we slept on. That was our bed inside the storage unit. Um, there was a bunch of other junk in there. I guess we had a house at once. <laughs> I don't remember. I, or, well, yeah, I guess we just had the furniture from, like, our apartments and stuff. Not apartments, um, hotels. Um, and so we would sleep on the floor. There were cockroaches there were mice and we would oftentimes wake up in the middle of the night with those on us. Oh boy. <laughs> um, the tent thing, it was, you know, thinking back, people are like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I can't believe that that was your lifestyle as such a young kid. And I'm like, you know, it wasn't the worst. I don't remember being miserable thinking back. I'm just like, I guess it like, didn't like traumatize me or anything or not that I'm aware of it didn't seem miserable I was young so I was like cool we're going to this new place we're gonna sleep in the car we're having a camping trip (laughs) so living in the car 
was, um, I guess, probably the most difficult for the family because finding a place to park um, without being harassed, we were harassed by cops. My, I guess my dad, I do remember specifically one time he tried to park in a police station because he thought it would be safer to somewhere to park a car. And it's the three kids. I have two siblings that I grew up with. So it was my dad, my mom, and then three kids all in the back trying to sleep, like huddled up. We had this tiny, tiny truck. Um, and we were sleeping and a cop came and like knocked on the window and had his big old light and shined it in on us and was like, what are you doing? And, you know, I don't remember the exact conversation, but basically he kicked us off the property and said that we couldn't park there. And thinking back to that, that just pisses me off because, like, when you're a homeless family, like, where where can you go that's safe? And you try to choose the one place that's you think might be the safest and you just get ran off. We weren't, we were trying to sleep. <laughs> we Like, no one was disturbing anything. We were in a car trying to sleep. But, yeah, my dad would drive around um, to get us to go back to sleep if we woke up in the middle of the night and we were, like, scared or uncomfortable or cold. And he would, like, circle the neighborhoods and stuff until we fell back asleep. How did you end up in Nashville? Um, I moved to Nashville in 2014 with my then-fiancé. Um, I did not want to come to Nashville. I, being from the South, I was, I kept saying to myself, if I'm going to move, I'm getting the hell out of the South. I'm not going to another hick ass town. And I, I sort of judged Nashville. I had never spent too much time in Nashville. And I think I judged it based on the tourists. Um, I didn't realize until after about a year of being here that, um, a lot of people who came to Nashville were just young entrepreneurs people just trying to figure themselves out most people a lot of people here are artistic in some way whether it's music or visually and a lot of people were around my age so I I think I made more connections between the age of like 23 and 26 than I've ever made in my entire life I don't make friends like that now I didn't make friends like that when I was younger I just coming here opened up I found out a lot about myself I figured out kind of what I wanted my community to look like and once I figured that out I made a ton of connections and how long have you been in the service industry oh um I started right as soon as I could so I think when I turned 16 I started at Pizza Hut and I've been in, so that would make that, what, uh, 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Pizza Hut. What was that like? So it wasn't a, it wasn't a regular Pizza Hut, like just drive through and delivery only. It was one of the special ones that they did there for a while called Pizza Hut Italian Bistro. Oh God. And apparently they only opened around 12-ish. It was like 10 to 15 or something like that in all of the United States. And it was supposed to be this big special thing and it had just opened and, I was like, cool, I'm going to go work at this fancy pizza hut. And my brother was working there and a bunch of his friends. It was all high schoolers, like people from my high school. So it was just, it was a great time. <laughs> um, so the the difference between like the regular pizza hut and the pizza hut Italian bistro was that we had these artisanal <laughs> pastas oh God. and like artisanal salads that weren't really anything special at all and we had a sit down um dining room with servers and a hostess and I was a hostess um I got fired from there three times what there's a story there how did you get fired and Um, rehired that's the other question 
So the GM there didn't work because he was the GM over several of the other Pizza Huts. Um, he didn't work in the restaurant. And he really liked me. Um, but then all of the managers um, that were that actually worked in the restaurant. I had a I had an authority thing when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I, I didn't like authority a whole lot. So I was kind of an asshole to my managers. And sometimes they were assholes to me too, and I didn't like that. So I would just go back and forth. And um, I spent a lot of time outside of the restaurant when I should have been inside of the restaurant working whether that was like hanging out with friends in the parking lot or like smoking weed or smoking cigarettes and just like not doing my job. So that, that was one of the reasons I got fired one time. One of the managers came up to me as I was mopping the floor to like close out the end my day. And this girl came up. I still remember this. Her name was Casey. And she goes, why does Shyla get to go home early? And I don't remember the guy's name, but the manager said in front of me, as I'm about to start mopping, he said, well, Shyla's going to get fired. <gasps> and I was just like, haha. And I had to do this because I've always wanted to do it. I was like, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> it's just like a little 16-year-old dramatic me. And I had like the, the mop handle. I was like holding it and it was in the mop bucket. And I just like kind of threw it just like tossed it and it like hit the wall like next to him was like I quit (laughs) and I thought it was so clever (laughs) it was dumb Um, we usually think we're clever when we're that young I thought it was hilarious (laughs) I was a turd for sure and then the other three times were one time I got fired for I stole a lot of breadsticks and I also gave a lot of breadsticks away a lot of the stuff was not managed there or nobody paid attention to anything because the managers a lot of times were like, no, they were mm, not nice words. Anyways, um, so I knew like the way to do coupons in the system, which a manager was supposed to do, but they, there were no codes. There was nothing. You just had to kind of know how to do it. So anytime I'd have friends that come in, I would just go in the system and apply coupon, apply coupon, apply coupon, just like give them free pizza, free breadsticks, and just make their bill like $10. <laughs> I got in trouble for that. I got fired for that. And I got fired for calling one of my other managers a bitch in Spanish. <gasps> I didn't under- know that she knew Spanish. <laughs> and then she just like turned to me and was just like, Yo habla espanol. You're fired. Or something. Oh, and I was like, oh. Like, well, shit. <laughs> Were you mostly front of house or back of house? I've mostly been front of house. Um, I've only recently went to back of house within the past year. Which one do you like better? I'm loving back of house right now. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, it's exhausting to have to go to work and put on a face that's not the face you really want to show. Um, and just constantly having to hold back what I want to say and just fake it. So when you're in back of house, you just kind of get to work and just put your head down. You just work. You just do it. And you're like, all right, got these tickets. I'm just making the food. And if you want to say that ticket fucking sucks, you can say it. <laughs> but when a customer is telling you to your face and they have all these mods and all of that, you're just like, I don't like you, but I can't say it. (laughs) Well, you can, but you won't keep your job long, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Do you have any good war stories from the service industry? (laughs) Give me anything from customers to bosses to coworkers, what have you. 
Oh, I am sure. Um, <laughs> I've had pretty, I've had, when I worked in Atlanta and I was bartending at this bar in Atlanta, people are just relentless. They are ruthless and they would come at you and they would hit on you and just be disrespectful. And so, um, me being a bartender there, the bartenders there were kind of put in a position of um, management. So we didn't have to like run to our managers every five seconds and say, Hey, we have this person. They were like, we need to count on you to have a backbone and to be able to deal with this yourself. If not, we also had security. Um, it was in Atlanta. We had security, um, there that we could always use as backup and management would be there if we needed them. But basically they would tell me like, if somebody's being disrespectful, that's up to you to handle it however you want. And so I always kind of had fun with that where um, if somebody would be disrespectful to me and we would get into it and they'd be like, I want to speak to a manager. I'd be like, gladly, <laughs> let me introduce you to the manager. Um, or if somebody, I would be like, hello, how's your day going? And just, you know, normal customer service stuff. And somebody would just be like, mm, what's your name? like hit on me or just be really gross and be like what are you doing later I'm like I'm sorry that's not the question that I asked I'm gonna walk away and I'm gonna come back and if you don't have a different response I'm not serving you and so that was always fun to just kind of get a little like snarky with people and they would just be like oh okay (laughs) a lot of the times it would almost make it worse because some boys like to be bossed around like that they'd be like okay I see you Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm Like, no, that's not the direction I was headed, but okay. <laughs> um, the worst, I would say, worst boss or worst job I ever had. Um, I went to high school in a town called Cartersville, Georgia. It was awful. And there was a country club there. And it was the worst job. The communication was terrible. The manage- managers were constantly on different pages. And so one manager would come in and put me on a project and say, hey, I need you to work on this thing. Um, And then the next manager would come in and just be like, why are you doing that? We don't need anyone doing that right now. We need you to be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? And just completely like tear you a new one for doing what you were told to do. Um, They were really, really petty. It was just like working in a a country club is awful. (laughs) Or at least that one. I've heard that there are really good ones. Um... The management was super judgmental and petty. They talked shit about everyone. The other servers were really mean to me. I came in, um, when I started working there, I had black hair and bangs. And um, I came in for my interview wearing like black tights and I think it was like a dark purple dress. And I had to harass them to hire me basically because they, I had my interview and the woman was judging me the whole time. When I finally got the job, people, like, I'm not shitting you, people would say to me, and this is, I was out of high school at the time, actually. I was, uh, I think I was 21, 22 when I was working this job. And the other um, waitresses and waiters would say to me, like, oh, have you sacrificed any cats today? Like, I'm like, are you serious? You are adults. They were older than I was. A lot of them were in their 30s, and they would just bully me and tell me I look like a witch, which, like, now I embrace the fuck out of that. But when you're 20 and you're trying to, like, figure out who you are and you're being bullied by other adults because (laughs) you have bangs and black hair, like, is that the scariest thing you've ever fucking seen? (laughs) It was... They were awful. Um, I actually didn't work there for very long. I was on my way to a shift there. I was driving down the road, 
And I just did a U-turn. I just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going. I hate it so much. People are mean. I'm not even making good money there. I was like, this is not worth my my sanity. And I just did a U-turn and I turned around. They didn't even call me to ask where I was. So they were glad to have me gone. But they didn't even <laughs> call me to return my uniform or anything. <laughs> like, that witch is gone. She's putting a spell on all of us. <laughs> they probably deserved it, it sounds like. They were awful. Do you have any wounds or scars from the service industry? Yeah. Um, so, I... No, you know, my hands are pretty beat up from years of bartending because I have most of my service experience is bartending. So I have scars from that, but I haven't really bartended in the past year. But ever since I moved to the kitchen, my forearms are toe up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sent my mom a picture the other day and I was holding a flower and she goes, that's not your arm, dot, dot, dot. And I go, it is. She goes, what are those scars? And I just already like, it was through met, like text, but... I could just tell that there was concern. I'm like, I'm like, they're, they're scars from burns. I've burnt the shit out of myself. Yeah, this new job that I'm working in Colorado is just, it's really intense. It's so high pace. It's just go, go, go. And I'm sure, and the kitchen is set up very tall and constantly like reaching for things and just like burning myself on like the ovens and fryer pops. And yeah, they're just, you can see they're, all messed up (laughs) yeah that one oh I have one time I have a scar on my hip that's from um a pencil I was this was a job that I was working in Atlanta um when I was 20 1920 and I was we used to have these hip pouches they were our aprons but they were just they went on your belt loop and they were just a little pouch that hung off your side and I was coming down the stairs and I went to jump down like the last like three stairs and I was just being all peppy and energetic and the railing caught my um caught my apron and there was a pencil that was sticking up and it jabbed into oh. my side and it just I still have like a tiny little mark there from the the lead the pencil lead <laughs> oh god that sounds awful yeah it definitely hurt at the time because it was like right there on the soft spot but that one was it was kind of funny I laughed at it but I think it's hilarious that there's still like a little dot there who knew pencils were so dangerous I know what's your biggest pet peeve oh I hate when people give you attitude about IDing them mm. like this is literally a part of my job I could lose my job if I don't ID you and you're underage, it takes less than 30 seconds to do it. And you want to give me attitude about it. I don't have to serve you. If you don't want to show me your ID, fine. I won't serve you. You can go somewhere else. (laughs) I don't understand how people get so entitled when I'm in control of how much alcohol they consume. (laughs) Like I have no problem just saying, all right, you don't want to show me your ID. Fine. I'm not going to serve you any alcohol. Would you like some juice today? (laughs) Good old H2O yeah. on the rocks. There you go. Um, yeah, that or just communication issues mm-hmm. within like the your employees and management, stuff like that can really suck. <laughs> what are you doing now? Um, currently, I live in um, Denver or um, right outside of Denver. It's called Arvada. And I work at a... Ve- uh, vegetarian, gluten-free restaurant called Vital Root, and I'm in the kitchen there as a line cook. What's that like? 
It is very structured. <laughs> it is probably one of the most structured places I've worked at. And it's different. I'm learning a lot. And it's hard. It's a struggle sometimes to convince myself to to go to work. Really? Why oh, yeah. I don't... I think part of it is that I haven't made a lot of connections there yet. And I thought that kind of doing what worked for me here, which was going into the the vegan restaurant and finding that community, I thought that that would work out there. And just going into this, um, it's 99% vegan. They have like cheese and egg there. So it's vegetarian, vegan. I thought that I would find that same community. Um, and so, some of my coworkers are, are vegan, and but there's no time to connect with people there because like I said it's so structured it's very strict there is almost zero downtime if I'm having a good time there I get worried that I'm gonna get in trouble (laughs) so if I'm like talking to one of my coworkers and we're laughing and we're having a good time and forming what I feel like could be a connection I just get I'm like oh shit someone's gonna come in and tell me I need to start working on a project or yeah it's frustrating (laughs) <laughs> I, um, I'm actually, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. Well, I'm, I'm planning on switching my job when I get back. I have my eyes set on something else that I've already interviewed for. And it's going to, it's this new up and coming thing, um, that's supposed to be opening about the time that I get back. And I've been in touch with <clears throat> the owner of that place. And hopefully my timing works out. Cause as of right now, I don't know when exactly I'm getting back there, but that's, that's my next thing. <laughs> what makes you interesting? Oh. <laughs> uh, that question. Um, I'm sure there's things. I'm, I think probably me doing things on impulse, um, it can also get me kind of in trouble. But um, I just, I get antsy and I want to move around and... I make a lot of decisions on impulse. I'm really bad at scheduling things. I'm really good at jumping onto something last minute and being like, hell yeah, let's do it. Or just like my move to Denver. I thought I was moving to Oregon um, for like three months. And then out of nowhere, this room opened up in Denver and I was like, yep, I'm doing it. I just like said yes and made it happen. And I was like, okay, well, holy shit, I'm moving to Denver um, in less than three months, <laughs> um, which I was planning on moving anyways, but sometimes you just have to, you just have to go. You just got to do it. You got to do the thing. And I just, I thrive when I do that, when I have the opportunity to do something and it's in the moment and I just say yes and I go with it. Not good at scheduling things. <laughs> do you have any creative pursuits? Um, I draw recently. I've been working on, um, most of my art is just, um, kind of like simple lines. I use ink. Um, the theme of it is um, bondage. I do um, a lot of my good girlfriends will volunteer to have me draw pictures of them and they'll send me pictures. I'll request for them to send me pictures where they feel really confident and I will put them in like a BDSM scenario, which is really fun for me. Um, and then it's also really fun for some of my girlfriends because, you know, maybe they haven't experienced that. And they want to see, like, you know, what it would look like. Um, And I actually got hired to do some pieces for someone recently, which is, like, really exciting because I've never actually sold my art before. So. What's the dream with your artwork? Um, 
I, I don't really think there's a dream. It's just something that I like doing. And I've been lucky enough recently to have people who are interested in it. And <clears throat> um, some people have asked me to create a tattoo design for them. And I, that just makes me happy in itself that somebody liked my stuff enough to want it on their body or want it in their homes. Um, it's, I don't really have the goal to eventually make money off of it. Um, it's just something that I use as my creative outlet and makes me happy. What's your greatest challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the hard questions. My greatest challenge is, um, I think something that I've been working on a lot within the past year is, um, not comparing my success to other people's successes. Um, and, I'll see other people who have similar goals or similar lifestyles as I do, and they will have traveled a lot more. They will have been more successful in this way. And I have to consciously remind myself pretty much every single day that my path is not their path and that my success is different from their success. And it's, I really can get down on myself when it comes to that. Um, so that my, yeah, my, my greatest challenge is, um, being patient with myself and, just keep going on the path that I'm on and not comparing myself to everyone else around me and their successes. Yeah, I need to work on that too. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of us do. It's incredibly, incredibly hard. It's an every single day thing. It's a wake up in the morning and set that intention every single day. All right. Is there anything you want to promote? You know, something that really has been bothering me lately is um, people not being conscious consumers or responsible consumers, and we're all going to be consumers. Um, But all it takes is, you know, just make the next step, you know, start, stop using single-use plastics, you know, Um, the disposable razors and um, obviously plastic bottles, or just like look into um, if your food is how it's resourced and where it comes from and um, what the process is. I could go on about it, but um, overall, yeah, conscious consumerism, just be more responsible, look into what you're buying, know what you're buying. I don't care if all the humans on this planet go extinct as long as the earth remains because the earth will eventually heal itself. And right now, the humans are destroying the earth. And we, we are not letting the earth heal itself. So that's it for this episode of Slash Server Life. I'd like to thank Shiloh for taking the time to talk with me. And now it's your turn, dear friends. So get off your phones, pause that bullshit conversation, and put down your forks long enough to peer in the not-so-secret world of service. Like this podcast? Want to hear more? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also like the Facebook page and find me on Instagram at slash serverlife. Until next time. <laughs>